Okay, we're starting the Maral, the fifth Mishnah Pekavis. The Mishnah of Yesi ben Yechanan, as you saw, is the second of the first pair of Zugos. And like the Maral explained to us, he came to compliment, he came to add to what Yesi ben Yezer said. And what Yesi ben Yezer spoke about, building one's home as a place, as a source of Avas Torah. So he comes to compliment that, he said. And like we saw, the Maral explained that the Zugas were Makabal together as partners, and therefore the advice they gave were two parts of the same whole. Yesi ben Yezer and Yesi ben Yechanan both came to advise a person how to establish his home uh, in, as a way which would be a place of Ava and a place of Kedusha. And what we spoke about last time also is the reason for significance, particularly for their generation, is because that was the generation of the Misyavnim, where the culture and the atmosphere of the street was definitely not in building a home of Torah or Kedusha, it was exactly the opposite. The Jewish streets, unfortunately, was overrun with the Misyavnim, which means the people who tried to uh, emulate the Greeks and adopted their lifestyle and philosophy. And therefore, for those loyal Jews who wished to remain strong and committed to Torah, so the way they would have to strengthen themselves and their families was developing their home as the bastion from which uh, they would they would teach their children and they themselves would be fortified with Torah and with Kedusha. And as you pointed out, the world's not that different today. Even today, the Misyavnim of today, which means the prevalent culture uh, outside one's home is also, in most places in the world, not a Torah-based culture. There's also a lifestyle of permissiveness and of uh, the lack of Kedusha and then therefore the advice of Yesi bin Yaz and Yesi bin Yechanan and the importance of ones establishing their home as a place of Torah and a place of Kedusha is uh, is equally significant today I guess that's the starting point now what is the, let's see what the Mishnah says Yesi bin Yechanan is Yishalayim Oymer Yehi Beisho Pasulach Levacha your home should be open wide the poor should be members of your family. And don't uh, increase, uh, talk exceedingly with the lady. Now that's as far as what Yosi ben Yechanan taught us. And the first question we need to ask, because we'll see in the Maral as well, is we understand the first two condi- uh, pieces of advice regards one's home. One's home should be open wide, which should invite the poor as members of the family. But the last point of not to speak excessively with women, why is that something which is connected to the other rules that Yesi ben Yechelen gave us? And then what's interesting is that the Mishnah assumes now the role of the narrator, and it says, But when Yesi ben Yechelen said, don't speak too much to women, he was talking about your own wife, not other women. And if that's the case, if what Yesi ben Yechanan said was don't speak uh, uh, excessively to your own wife, then we understand how much more so one shouldn't speak to a strange woman, to someone else's wife. And here's a general statement of the Chachom, and that is all the time that a person spends speaking, and so to speak, extra to women, so Goyim Rada Atma is causing himself bad, 
and it's time that he's been wasted from learning Torah, the end is he's going to inherit Gehenna. So obviously this all needs explanation. So let's start in the morale and see the questions that he asks. And he said, so first he explains to us, and Yosef and Yezer were a Zug, they were a team. They were both the fathers, so to speak, or the leaders of their generation, and therefore the generation needed them, and they were willing to accept their advice. And therefore what they both spoke about was the same topic, and the topic they spoke about was for a person to establish their home in the best possible way. And then in Yenechad is a tukun based Adam, Shudavar Godla, Shudzarech al Adam, Yem Tukun the Gamre. A person's home is their base, which is therefore very important that a person should ensure that it's set up in a way which is completely betukun, completely uh, built in the, on the principles it's meant to be built on. Now, the questions he asks, Piyash Lisha, which we can ask on the words of Yesbin Yechonan, number one, so the first two rules which relate to how a person should make their home, a home which is open, a home which invites in guests, my inyan, what's that going to do with, don't speak too much to a woman, why, why, why do they fall into the same, so to speak, uh, topic even, the same heading? Why wasn't the whole line said by Yechanan? So he should have said, don't speak too much to a woman and for sure not to someone else's wife. Why does it become the narration of the Chachamim? That the Chachamim said, it was said about his wife and therefore we understand the Kavachamim is someone else's wife. Not, not the words of Yosef Yechanan himself. The mission doesn't define what, what bad a person is calling himself, causing himself by speaking to a woman. And the second question that Maral asks is that it's nothing to do with a woman. If a person spends and wastes his time speaking to a man, it's also going to be Baitul Medivretor. Any idle conversation is a bit of The mission seems to say that it's because he's speaking to a lady. Or what's the connection to a lady specifically? Ginnam is like a punishment. It's not just the lack of well, the question asks. It's not just a question of not maximizing one's time. So why does the year Ginnam is like you being punished? So why does the mission have to emphasize that point as well that you're being punished? Okay, so those are the questions of the Mishnah. The f- let's, let's put them into two categories. The first question is on what Yosef Ben Yechanan says, the, the starting point, and that is what's the connection between the first two things he says and not speaking to a woman, and why did Yosef Yechanan only say the first line that a person shouldn't speak to a woman and not the second part and then Kalbuchem and not someone else's wife. And then the, th- the second category of questions that the Maral asks and what Chacham said at the end of the Mishnah is when a person speaks to a woman, it causes Ra to himself and what the Ra he causes himself. And his bottom of the Torah, why is it especially by speaking to women, one speaking to men? And so and why does the Torah in this circumstance need to find it necessary to give a threat and punishment?
That's the question. So now let's see the principle. And the Mara starts to explain. He says, Avodah should know that the Mara should take in Yerusha Benyech on Isha Shalayim, Shebeise Beis Kodesh. What Yerusha Benyech has come to give us rules is how a person should make their home a place of Kodesha. Therefore, these three areas of what a person does is affected by their home, and therefore they have to work with them to make it a place of Kedusha. If a person has a home, so then a person can store things in the home, and therefore it becomes an address for people who want to borrow something, so then they'll come to the person's house. Which means they're not going to go to the person with a medium on the street necessarily to borrow items or objects because it's not something a person stores on him when he walks in the street. Whereas the home is normally laden with everything a person has and therefore becomes a place which if a person is willing to share, so it becomes a place that people will come to in order to borrow. So that's all in the context of what a home can do, so to speak, for people outside of it. It becomes a place from which... Uh, it's like a center point from which a person can dispense chesed um, to people outside. And the second point, the second point is which becomes not just helping people outside of itself, but the home becomes a place which to which, into which people can be brought, which means it can become a place where guests are hosted. And once again, the person needs a home as a place in order to use as a setting to host guests. And that is that a person can't have a home without people, so to speak, who are called the Bnei Bais, members of the household. And the last point, which is needed for a home, is the, the lady who is considered the mainstay. She's the foundation of the home. Like the Gemara says in Shabbos, Rabbi Yechus said he called his wife Basi Mahom because it was a compliment to her and he understood her as being the centerpiece, the foundation or the the bedrock, so to speak, of the home. Now, therefore, if a home is made up of three things. It's a place from which chesed can be dispensed. It's a place into which people can be invited. And lastly, it needs uh, the lady of the home to be the one who's like the base, so to speak, the one who runs the home. So, if a person is, discussed, is being taught how to make his home the home of, of chesed, so it needs to involve all these aspects. And therefore, the person's home should be open wide, which means people can come to the home to ask what they need for. They know that they're always invited in, they know that they'll never be turned away, and therefore a person's home will become so to speak, a center point of chesed. He's not locking his home for guests and people who come to ask for help. That's the first way that a person can use his home as a way to, to share chesed with everybody around him. The second point, and that is to, use, to invite people into the home, to share, to share the home, so to speak. And then therefore it says, make a name members of your family, the members of your household. She are named Tommy Bevesa and she are named Bene Baisi. And with these finest men of a covenant. 
The second point is that a person should bring a name into his home. They feel comfortable there, they feel at home there. And then the, the home becomes a place which is inhabited, so to speak, by, by people who are receiving chesed as well. And then the last point, you shouldn't speak too much to a woman. If he wants to do college, you shouldn't speak too much to a woman. And why would that be part of what he said before? So he explains. And even in his own house, and in his own home, then when he's saying is don't speak too much to a woman, so in his own home, what we're talking primarily about is his wife. And therefore, everything rests on her. Even for things necessary for the home, you shouldn't speak to her unnecessarily. And therefore, for sure, another lady has nothing to do with his home, with setting up his home. Now, so we've read the morale, uh, we've seen how he explains the Mishnah, but let's elaborate a bit more to try and understand a bit better. The first point he says, and that is that a person's home is a place from which a person can do chesed. So it's not just by the way, or it happens by chance to be like that. And if a person has a home, it becomes an uh, opportunity to, for people to come to the home to ask for things, to borrow things, to receive chesed. We see it's a primary part of what a home is meant to be. And where do we see this? The halacha is that there was a din in the times of the Vesemikdash of what's called tzaraas on homes. Just like a person on his body can suffer from the symptoms of tzaraas, and if that's the case, we understand that the person is being punished for speaking Lashon Hara. That's uh, when tzaraas would manifest itself on the skin. So there's a possibility of tzaraas manifesting itself on the house. And if a person would see the signs of tzaraas in the home, whether it's dark green or dark red uh, markings on the walls, so then the halacha would be they would have to bring in the coin and they would have to empty the house of all its contents and then either they would smash the wall with the stones which had been contaminated were and rebuild it or in some cases they had to break the whole house. And the Gemara asks Nechon, what was the reason why Tzeraz hit houses? What there does the house do? And the Gemara says it was a very, it was a punishment for people who were Tzeraz. Tzeraz are people who were stingy. And therefore when they were asked by their neighbors to borrow things, do they have what to share? And they always said, no, we don't have that, we can't help you. And now when there's Tzeraz in the house, and all the contents of the house are strewn outside in the street, because the home needs to be emptied, if that's the case, everybody was able to see what the people did and didn't have. An understanding of here is it's not just for a person who's thinking and says, I don't have, I don't have, whenever he's asked to share something, that he gets shown that he was not being dishonest and he does have. But there's a deeper point here. And that is, that causes tzaraas of the house. Which means a home which isn't being used as a place from which chesed is dispensed, there's something bad about the house. It's a house which isn't acting the, house, the way a house is meant to be. And therefore the house gets punished. And therefore the, the tzeraas will appear in the house and it will necessitate either the wall being broken down or sometimes even the whole house being broken down. And that's the first point we see. The importance of one's home being a place from which he does chesed, uh, that 
that's the first thing we just explained, that Ba'atim creates that ability of the home to be a place, uh, a home to be a place which justifies its, its being a repository of Kedusha. That's the first point. The second point is, we spoke about, that the home can is a place to which guests are brought in. And as besides for the chesed that a person can do in their home by sharing the things that they have with others or giving all their things to others, the second point of a home is that it's a place which the chesed is by being inside the house itself. So whether it's providing people a place to eat or to sleep or whatever it may be, but that's also a chesed which is done at the home itself. And it's a second aspect of chesed. Um, if we think about the, let's say, the ideal Jewish home of Chesed, we think about the home of Avram Avinu and Sarah Imenu. And in the home of Avram and Sarah, so we know it was a bias for Sukh Levach, it was open on all four sides. In other words, it was uh, to demonstrate that it was available for Chesed. People could always come in um, for whatever they needed. And the second point, Avram's hospitality was he was always bringing people into his home. People who came to to eat there, people came to sleep there, whatever the case may have been, but Avram's home was open for people to use the home as a home as well. So those are the first two ways how a person's house becomes a place of of chesed. Now, the third point he speaks about, and that is, the issues that carry sabais. The issues that carry sabais. And that's, what does that mean, and what is the Maharal from it? So the understanding of it is like this. And that is that there's, there's for sure a part that a man plays in ensuring that his home is going to be a home bastion of chesed, but there's a second point too. And that is there's a role of the lady as well because she is not just a, a participant in building a home to be a home of chesed, she's maybe the primary player, which is why he calls it the carious base. The mainstay of the home is the lady. She's the one who runs them, and she's the one who's going to practically make make all that chesed happen. For example, a person might want to invite guests to eat in his home, but it's his wife who has to be in charge of preparing the food for them. A person might, person might want to use his home as a place from which he can share things and uh, do chesed, but then again, it's his wife who has to stock the home in a way where it's, there are those things to share. And therefore... There's a very big chilek of running the house, which is tari on the lady. Which is tari on the lady. Just like we talk about the tent of Avram and Sarah. The tent of Avram and Sarah was a joint effort. It might have been Avram's uh, part, of the, part of the project to bring in the guests, but it was Sarah's part of the project to look after them. And therefore, the, the ability to make one's home into a place of chesed is a joint, so to speak, a joint project of both the husband and the wife. Now, if that's the case, if that's the case, so this is where, let's say, the lady's job is unique. And that is what we call the Akaris, what makes the home function. That's her domain. That's her domain, and therefore, if a person shouldn't try and make his home a place of chesla on his own, she should, uh, he has to work together with his wife because she has her role to play. If I had to give a marshal for this, to explain the idea. So let's talk about Hashem's house. 
Hashem's house, which is the Beis Hamikdash. So, firstly, it was Pesuch Levacha. As we know, the, all the Shefa in the world came from the Beis Hamikdash. Whether it was the Shefa of Parnassah that came Derech the Shulchan, or the Shefa of Ruchnis, which came Derech the Menorah, but Lemaiseh, the Hashem's home was a place which was an overflowing like fountain of Shefa, and it, it gave light and it gave sustenance and it gave Kedusha and Bracha to everything around it. That's Pesach Levacha. The second point, that uh, people could be in their base. In other words, the Basinish is open for people to be there. They could come, they could daven, they could imbibe the Ruchnis and the Kedusha of the Basin Mikdash. Hashem's home was open. As long as the person was tar, he was allowed into the Basin Mikdash, and he could uh, benefit from the spirituality from being inside Hashem's home. But for the average Israel, that's all they could do. Whereas when it came to the Kanim, the Kanim were the ones who ran the Basin Mikdash. It was their job to do the avoid, it was their job to bring the Karbanas. It was their job, and it was exclusively theirs. And as much as the other Jews are invited to be in the Basin Mikdash and to visit the Basin Mikdash, uh, to the same degree, they're warned not to involve themselves in doing the avoid. That's not for them to touch. That's only the province of the Kohen. And here we see the same you said. And that is that there's the part of the home which is, so to speak, f- open for outsiders to give and to do for them. But Lemaise, the running of the home, is something which is specifically meant for the people who are responsible for running the home. So the running of the Mesa Middash, the avoider, was only the Kohenim. The ability for people to come and benefit from the Avodah or benefit from the Ruchnis was open to everyone. And therefore, home is to be like that as well. Home is to be like that as well in the sense that it's open for everybody to benefit from the home, but uh, what runs the home is the function of the lady, and that's not something which either other people are meant to be involved in. It's something other people are meant to be involved in. She, if you're in a quarter, is the current of the Kohen. And therefore, it's her job, it's her responsibility, it's her tafkid. It's, it's her privilege, if you want, and it remains hers. And therefore, Altar Basiyah We're not talking about a different daddy, that, uh, that's why Yosem and Yechah never mentioned Isha Acheres. It is Pasha that he's talking, about his, uh, uh, talking to a person about his own wife, which means in the context of, in the topic of how to make your house a place of Kedusha, so part of that, uh, or a place of Chesed, so part of that is understanding that that the lady has her role to play in that as well. And, I'm going to explain this more the next year, but basically the side is, don't be married In other words, you don't have to discuss with her how to do her job. You don't have to micromanage her. That's not your chesed. Your chesed is to do your part of the chesed and enable her to do hers. And that's how when you say, Altar B'Sicha he means... The, the function that the lady has in running the home, leave to her. Leave to her. Now you don't have to discuss it at length with her. Chazal just said that if you see from Yehesi ben Yechanan that even though there's nothing wrong with talking to one's own wife, but there are certain times where it's not necessary and therefore you shouldn't speak to her necessarily, so then Kalvachem, when someone else's wife, which is for sure there's an element of Isra involved, a person must be that much more careful because the, the potential negative effect is much worse. Okay, so that's the first part of the Mishnah. Uh, that's the first part of the Mishnah. Rabbi Yosei Ibn Yechelon is talking to the man. It's a man's job to make to make his home open. It's a man's job to invite other people to 
to benefit from the home and to become family members, but it's the lady's job to run the home. And therefore, that's it's not your job to tell her what to do, it's not your job to be involved in how she's doing, that's her job, and therefore you should leave it to you should leave it to her to do her part of the job to make the home a place of chesed. But there's one last heora uh, which I want to discuss in this slide, and that is, you see an interesting thing, twice. The morale called it the Yosi ben Yechanan's rules are coming in order to show a person how to make their home a place of Kedusha. We have just said they come to show how to make it a place of Chesed. What's the extra? Where, where do you see the Kedusha over here? And this is the important point. This is the important point. Because let's think for a second about the tent we said of the maybe the perfect. Jewish home, the tent of Avraham Avinu and Sarah Emenu. On the one hand, it was a place of Chesed, but it was also a place of Kedusha. We know there was a tent, the Shkara, the Shkhin, the rested above their tent always. We know the candles always remained lit. And therefore, there was a Kedusha in Avraham and Sarah's tent. And this seems us to be a Chiddush. We would imagine a home of Kedusha as being people who are living in solitude and meditating deeply about everything they do and detaching themselves from the rest of humanity. And then in that, so to speak, very somber, maybe detached environment, we would expect it to be Kedusha. Whereas in a home which is always teeming with guests and visitors, it might be a lot of chesed going on. It might be very, it's a home of a lot of happiness. But where do we see in a home of Kedusha? And that's what the Kedusha meant in this. And that is, that Adarabha, exactly on the contrary to what we would have thought, that's what makes it a place of Kedusha. That's what makes it a place of Kedusha. And let's explain it. Because our science tells us a little bit in Congress. And this is a very important fact, a very important principle. And that is, Kedusha doesn't mean precious. Kedusha doesn't mean abstinence. Uh, a person doesn't have a home to abstain in it. If it has a kitchen, it's there to prepare food. If it has a dining room, it's there for people to eat. If it has a bedroom, it's there for people to sleep. If a person wanted to avoid anything to do with the physical world, so you would need a home. You might just need a, a, a cell or some clearing in the forest, like what you're going to say. Then, and that, if a person wants to live in uh, uh, that kind of austere lifestyle, it might be he's a parish, he's separated from this world, but it's not Kedusha. And on the contrary, like in the Sushi Shami explains, he talks about Kedusha, that a person who's on the level of Kedusha can eat and drink, but that eating and drinking is like bringing carbonus. And uh, what he uses from this world is part of uh, part of the way decision. Now, how does a person do that? How does a person take things which are perhaps in there as a, as a way to serve a physical purpose of eating or drinking of sleeping, whatever it might be, which is what the home is really there to do, and transform it in the summer of Kedusha. And the answer is that the difference between a home which is a place of hedonism and a place of Kedusha is even though in both homes food is going to be prepared and served, people are going to be able to sleep and relax, whatever the case might be, the difference between them is when a person does for their own benefit, or a person does for their own, no, their own satisfaction, their own enjoyment is something which isn't necessarily ruchni, something which is physical. Whereas what a person does in order to provide for other people, 
if it means providing for their satisfaction or for their enjoyment, that makes it into something which is spiritual. And we know the famous land of Israel of the altar of Slobodka. That's Yana's Gashmis is Maruchnis. That person's Gashmis is Maruchnis. Well, there's definitely a certain truth to that. And that is that a person's uh, doing physical things for the sake of doing mitzvahs is what makes them to Makam Kaddish. Think about it. How would you make a kitchen a Makam Kaddish? Well, if you decide by not eating, you don't need a kitchen. Then, therefore, the kitchen can only be a Makam Kaddish if it's being used as something which can do a mitzvah. If it's being used as something which is creating Kedusha. And therefore, the fact that a person is dedicating his home and everything in it as a way to do chesed, not as a way just to benefit themselves. So that's the case that transforms what they're doing into an act now of a mitzvah and not just an act of looking after one's own needs or preparing for one's own pleasure. And then if that's the case, then it transforms the, play, the makam into a makam kedusha. And therefore, instead of a home being a place where it just takes, in, takes care of the needs of the people who live in the home, the home becomes a place which takes care of the needs of others as well. And if it becomes more of a makam chesed, what we've learned so far is it becomes more of a makam kudosha as well.